Hello. Hi. What's been going on? Not a lot. Um, I once again was subject to the comments section of the Washington Post, which is a never, never a good place to be, but... Do you have another uh, comic? Yeah, yeah. I, like, Blah. I was like, I thought I was very clear <laughs> with my message and my writing, but uh, a lot of people got mad anyway, so pretty fun. Well, if you, I don't, I feel like these days, if people don't get mad, you didn't say anything. That's a good point. <laughs> you know, if you didn't piss somebody off. Yeah, I did something, I happened? guess. Yeah. <laughs> you expressed a point of view. Yeah. Uh, speaking of pissed off people, what the fuck is happening in France? Uh, supposedly now, and I guess by the time we release this, but, you know, as of Monday, uh, it seems to have toned down some. Okay. Uh, but there was a police shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over here we'd call it an officer-involved shooting <laughs> or something along these lines. One of their cops shot a teenager. Oh, shit. And... People were pissed and, you know, did protests. And in France, they do protests like next level. I mean, they... They were burning buildings down, right? Yeah, they go ahead and, yeah, they take it to the next level and do a little bit of what we call rioting and stuff and everything. (laughs) But, you know, more protests with more teeth. Yeah, some direct action. Yeah. And uh, so they had a lot of that all over France, really. They had stuff not just in Paris, but like... You know, uh, Toulouse, Lyon, all these different places. Dang. So the circumstances of the of the shooting, just to make it clear, kind of. So the teenager was of Algerian and Moroccan descent. Mm. Uh, France has had a lot of racial issues on that ground, and yep. they're like the government is like stoking it because they're passing you know more discriminatory laws and stuff in the name of this uh, a secular notion is what they argue. So oh. so you don't have so you do have elements that are like very Christian. Mm-hmm. sort of Christian conservative type people in France. Like that's a that's a political strain. But you also have kind of dating back to the revolution a secularist ideal. So mm-hmm. you do have another political strain of people who say we just should not have like religion be a part of public life. Yeah. Cuz I this was like in I don't know, mid 2000s they did like the the hijab bans, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so I mean that's that's part of it, but Whereas someone on the left might have a little bit of sympathy to a secularist position, the way it's applied in France is kind is of just, it's just racist. Yeah. yeah, like you go and colonize a bunch of countries, and then whenever those people come to France, you treat them like shit. Yeah, and you you never hear about anybody getting you know thrown in jail or fined or whatever for like having a, a cross on their necklace yeah. or anything. Like, it always goes one direction. Yeah. Um, so, so that's that's part of the element. But the um, the police officer shot this teenager um, after they like pulled him over in a traffic stop, basically. And the French media initially said, "Oh yeah, the, you know, the kid tried to ram the cops, and so that's why they shoot him." But then they had a video where that did not happen. <laughs> uh, the police officer has his gun drawn when he pulls over the teenager. Jesus. Uh, the teenager drove away, and that's when the cop shot him and killed him. Jeez. Uh, I think it was in 2017 that France changed the law to make it to where cops had the right within very specific circumstances. They had, and they were. it was legal for them to shoot at 
somebody who was driving away. Mm. And what they did was they just didn't like add detail. They didn't do any sort of like nationwide department by department training of what does that mean? Yeah. So the cops got, we can shoot at cars that are fleeing. Okay. Uh, whereas the law actually says, which I would still say, don't have your cops armed and stuff. Mm-hmm. We're anti-cop. But even if you're just, you know, trying to be reasonable or whatever and say, okay, well, if you're going to have cops, what should the shooting at people law be? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be shooting at fleeing cars. Yeah. Because right? they're or fleeing what? people. They're just going, you know, get them later. Yeah. Uh, the law specifically says, though, it's not just stop them from fleeing. It's if they are going to pose an imminent danger to people. Yeah, this, that's reasonable. Yeah, this came after a, uh, I don't know if it was multiple attacks or just one or something, but you remember hearing about in Europe they had people driving cars into crowds, and yeah. you still see some of this. Uh, that was around that time. Yeah, yeah. So if you, you know, if you that think someone's going to go drive into a crowd. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what was happening here. No, this, this was, is a scared teenager. You came at him with a gun and yeah. like, he just is working on instinct, probably. Yeah. Ugh. And so people rightfully were pissed off about that. You have, of course, all the other elements of, of racism and uh, and everything fueling that. So Yeah. No surprise that you see, you know, violent clashes of people uh, burning shit down and stuff. Uh, you know, they had some attacks on... I guess they, they listen to the show sometimes because they had some attacks on local officials. Cool. Uh, tried to, well, it was sort of cool, but it was also sort of not. I remember mm. we learned about the the arson attack. In, oh, they went for like the families. So it was a house, and so they had um. to like run. They had to flee. No one died, but they, you know, I think the wife like broke her ankle, and they were trying to get the kids out. Yeah, and stuff. So that, yeah. that's rough. Okay. Yeah. So they didn't listen to that episode. They, they didn't. just listened to the ones where we. They were busy. You know, yeah, where we overexcitedly rant about. People having names and addresses. Uh, just uh, do it at the office. Like, they're going to be there. The office, that's a good target, really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, just egg it, you know, TP, etc. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Expand on that. Right. St- that's a starting point. <laughs> so, yeah. Lots of crazy shit happening there. But, Damn. like I said, I don't... I think it's toned down. Mm-hmm. The media was running a story saying that the grandparents, one of the grandparents of the teenager who was killed, uh, was pleading with the public to stop, you know, violence and stuff, which is kind of a sympathetic story. Yeah. So that may have taken some of the steam out of it. A tragic thing to happen, an evil thing to happen. Yeah. And cops suck. Cops suck. Yeah. And like, you can, you know cluck your your tongue at this kind of violence and say oh it's it's rioting it's whatever but like there is a certain level of freedom here that i think is really interesting that like they can do this yeah if we tried just gathering a bunch of us in a place we get in trouble yeah but they can go full ham and just like scare people into doing shit Mm -hmm. without getting just you know cops shooting at crowds and tear gassing and all this stuff like i'm sure there's some elements of that but like not to the extent of here where like we're in a full-on police state right yeah their their cops feel empowered when they're in one-on-one situations like that mm-hmm. you know that's he can he can stroll up with a gun like that but have you ever seen some of the videos online there of 
cops rolling in and and trying to you know enforce their will on places, and then people and like just a big wave of people are like bust out and start throwing shit at them, and yeah. they drive them out basically in the streets. Like you wouldn't see that here. No, there you know? it'd be just mass execution essentially. Yeah, they would break out the tanks and the grenade launchers and shit that they showed mm-hmm. elementary kids, and they would they would use that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think that is something maybe to strive for. <laughs> I don't know how, because we are in that other state of really aggression towards mass movements. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we would have to build a strong left-wing radical movement that was... Just sheer numbers enough to overwhelm them. Well, yeah, but also kind of, you know, tough, like, badass enough to actually take to the streets when stuff happens. Yeah. You saw a little bit of it. In the George Floyd protests. Yeah, yeah, 2020. But you, you know, it was it was so new and honestly kind of disorganized, you know, and that was just, you know, the work hadn't been put in to It was have just a very structure. organic thing of just like, it was the perfect storm, I think. Yeah, but the, I, I guess my critique is that since there wasn't really a structure to guide it, mm-hmm. it was easily co-opted. You know, you had yeah. the, the obvious uh, federal plants go in and, and throw, you know, to try to, you know, firebomb places and shit and be like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an anarchist or something. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he's fresh from the police department. Is that when they have the fake anarchist graffiti that yeah. was like they drew the A wrong or something? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. God. Yeah. They, you, it's, losers. that's, you're more susceptible to that if you don't have any organization and discipline, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if, and if you're not a large enough group, you know, so, but, but that's that's hard to do. It's easier yeah, said yeah. than done. Shit, it's just shit. to build this. <laughs> I have no solutions for this. So <laughs> yeah, and I mean, France had. They have a tradition of this. They have a tradition of it. They've had a history of active communist and socialist mainstream parties, student activism, they anti-fascist movements. And they have work hours that allow you to do those things. Probably. That's true, but it's kind of it's kind of symbiotic too. Is like. Be, they that, have the that's work why hours. they have How those. did they get that? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I had I had a really weird Uber driver last night and he was he just like totally just started this conversation. I was like, "All right, you're really gunning for it, huh?" <laughs> like <laughs> he started with like asking us where we we're from and stuff and and you know, talking about like languages and because we were saying, like, yeah, it's really hard in languages to, like, speak super specific language. Like, once you get to, like, a really specific vocabulary, like, you're no longer fluent, you know? And he was like, yeah, yeah, like, I bet it's hard to, like, talk politics in another language. And just use that as a very clumsy segue to get to, like, talk about his opinions. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it was super uncomfortable. But, like, he's one of those people that, like, um, he, had, he had recently immigrated here and, like, passed a citizenship test, so he was really gung-ho about the Constitution and saying, like, oh, it's perfect. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> and it's, I find it really difficult to challenge people when they have that background because it's like they are coming from, you know. Maybe a place that's worse in some ways. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's really hard to, like, dismiss that and say, like. You're wrong, bro. Yeah. Like, it just feels really shitty and, like, privileged to, like to try to like talk to them about that but i don't know it was just really weird man i he get was, you that he was just sense. gunning for it man because <laughs> like an immigrant who kind of sees still sees america as like a good yeah you know thing to have strived for and to have achieved in terms of getting here and all that 
then to be like, well, yeah, but your dream like sucks. Like this country sucks. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's awkward. The best you've ever had it sucks or yeah. whatever. And, and I don't know. We don't know that's the best you ever had it. I don't know if it's just like a weird situation where like it's a confirmation bias of like, I made this decision. It better have been the right decision. Yeah. I, I mean, I think for a lot of people, there is an, you know, an improvement in the material well-being. You know? Yeah. Like, you get nicer shit if you're able to, you know, find a job. And even if you're shit sucks i mean that's that's uh imperialism right yeah totally <laughs> so. i think he was from colombia and i'm like yeah probably not going the great reason there. your country sucked is also because yeah of we like, did that to you <laughs> like and trying to like sit here and tell me the constitution isn't racist and i'm like huh? bro like we ruined your country <laughs> yeah and like also you're driving uber right now like shouldn't you be home chilling like I don't know. It's just there's a weird Stockholm syndrome that goes on, I think, with cert- with a lot of people, honestly. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely true. What else uh, is burning on your mind? Well, you ever feel like our shooting the shits are off by a week? Or like what do you mean? All the cool shit happened last week, and we're not talking about it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we're always behind. I, I think it's just the nature of recording. Yeah. Uh, like, I was really sad we didn't have an episode, like, the week the sub happened. I was like, damn it, guys, that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> that one, there wasn't really a lot to say, like, no, it for wasn't. us. But. It was, there was just some good tweets, man. My favorite was somebody said, last time it took us, uh, you know, years to get from the Titanic sinking to the Russian Revolution. This time it took five days <laughs> <laughs> because Russia popped off. Yeah, that was uh, stupid, too. Yeah, I oh that was funny. Like that one, that one was embarrassing because like I, know, I really showed my ass at home because Kyle was like he came home from a trip and he's like, "You hear about Russia?" I'm like, "Yeah, something's happening, right?" And he's <laughs> like, "No," and like he was acting like it's this really big deal. I'm like, I've read like two tweets about it, man. That's all I got. I I know something's happening. That's it. That was, and then you know later it turned out that you basically had the more correct <laughs> position on it. Yeah, yeah. Like he he was like really like I thought it was gonna be like World War Three or something. I'm like really, I feel like I would have noticed that more. <laughs> yeah, that's I think the not a benefit or a loss, just a side effect of the war in Ukraine and everything, mm-hmm. and the media's treatment of it as hyperbolic is just like oh, Russia's about to totally you know take over all of you, and then the next day you. yeah, and then the next day it's like. Ukraine is totally about to drive out. Right, it's like <laughs> no one. Be- I don't believe that yeah. anymore. Like any of it, and so when I hear this story come out of oh this this fucking mercenary <laughs> warlord guy <laughs> is gonna suddenly take over the gun. Oh, sure. Okay, okay. I'll wait till that happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think too it was it was kind of surprising. Not surprising. It cemented the fact that, like, Twitter is no longer a viable news source as much as it used to be. Not that it was ever, like, the place. But it used to be, like, you could follow journalists and, like, see shit go down real time. That's true. And now, because, like, all the blue checks are fucking idiot racists, (laughs) I wasn't getting any of that. Like, I wasn't getting the actual good verified tweets. I was just getting, like, a lot. I mean, some admittedly funny jokes. But... (laughs) Like, I, I get now, like, third-hand news. So. Right, and a lot of journalists and mainstream outlets don't even use it anymore or something because they try to yeah deny their verification. I don't know, something. I Yeah, but I don't know the whole story on that either. They didn't make it through the transition. <laughs> no, so. no. A lot of 
a lot of soldiers have fallen in the Twitter wars. <laughs> so now, yeah, now it's a, a desolate place, I guess. It, I don't even know why I'm still there. It's a it's not big question mark. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. Uh, so that was funny. I don't know. I like religiously did not follow it. I didn't either. I was just y'all tell me what happens afterward, and <laughs> you, you keep up. That later. was the best way to do it because they just eventually it was a nothing burger. Fucking Belarus came out and was like, oh well. I'll settle it. Or I didn't even know Belarus was in there. Just well, Belarus is like, like um, a negotiator, I guess. No, well, they're like a, a little tag along brother to Russia. Mm. They signed some deal or something. They have some sort of political union, uh, so they're like allies, I guess. Okay. Uh, but they're like, hey, cut that shit out. Yeah. Please. So he like nego- negotiated the main guy there, Lukashenko or something, negotiated the deal. I think they like basically exiled the mercenary guy was that guy to a Nazi? Belarus. Who? The mercenary guy? Well, he's probably right wing, but I don't okay. know if he's like a Nazi. Specifically Nazi. Nazi. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe I just said, but maybe I read right wing. My, my, my mind jumped. He's a mercenary. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I don't think right-wing. he's a good guy. Let's, yeah. not, let's put it that way. A probably don't have a lot of shared values with this gentleman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, I don't know. It was, it was pretty stupid stuff. But, everyone, you know, everyone kind of... Who paid too much attention to it, I think, came out with egg on their face. Yeah. <laughs> like, <right>. oh. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. But, it, yeah, I mean, things are going great in this country, at least. <laughs> oh, my God. Last week, I wanted to lay down after all the Supreme Court rulings. The Supreme Court went on one, man. They just went, they went just, to town. They Yeah. They, they, they just did a lot of drugs or something and went on a bender just like fuck <laughs> everybody yeah. truly yeah. Just, student loans fuck you no rights no uh, rights anymore please minorities fuck you <laughs> yeah gays fuck you at the end of pride month of all to months, close it out yeah yeah happy fucking pride you asshats well that one's really funny because it's a hypothetical yeah this okay if you hadn't heard <laughs> this woman takes this case all the way to Supreme Court saying, oh, this is, uh, you know, she's a website designer. She doesn't want to design websites for gay people, for gay gay marriages. Yeah. This has never happened. No one has ever asked her to do that. So now they can just sit around making shit up? Yeah, I mean, there is sort of a legal element to it, which is nerdy and dumb and doesn't get to the point. But Mm -hmm. basically, uh, Colorado had a law that said, you can't put on your website Oh. Or you can't put on what your business, you know, a like sign. we don't serve. Right, whoever. you can't do that. Uh, and she, had, you know, wanted to have that on her site, so she sued. And, and there is something you okay, can do. Okay, there was something kind of, not tangible, but, you know. There, it was still hypothetical, but mm-hmm. technically the Supreme Court basically, or I don't know, them specific, but like legally, you can challenge the enforcement of a law before it actually happens. Mm. Uh, the idea being like, you don't want... You know, the government to pass a law saying, well, we're going to chop off your head if this happens. And then you have to wait for it to happen before you can sue. I really didn't like that one head chopping. Yeah. Okay. So you don't want to have to to uh, suffer an indignity Mm. of, you know, having something bad enforced on you. Yeah. So you should, I guess, be able to do that. But throughout the case, the, the ridiculous part is throughout the case as it worked its way through the courts and even in the Supreme Court, her lawyers were citing this made up case. As like, as evidence and like, you know, saying this is terrible that she would be asked to do this, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, the case in question, the request from 
whoever it was to please design something for our wedding that's coming up, our gay wedding, was not a real thing. <laughs> Wait, so like they pretended that she had a request? Yeah, so she, her side claims that they did get a request <sighs> and that maybe it was a troll, but they thought it was a real request. And then the person who allegedly requested it, they contacted him. They didn't contact him till after the Supreme Court ruling to uh-huh. say, hey, we're just checking, you know, seeing yeah. why you did this sort of thing. And he's like, I did not do that. I'm married to a woman. Uh, I, did, I was never trying to marry a guy. Oh, my uh, God. I don't know who submitted that, but it wasn't me. Uh, wow. And the request, the fake request, mm-hmm. came in a day after she filed the lawsuit. The initial lawsuit that... So, uh, completely made up. She was still suing for the pre-enforcement thing. Yes, but like... But it's suspicious that maybe maybe her side made it up so that she could have something to cite. Yeah, she sent a fake email. (laughs) Yeah. Ugh, what the fuck? Yeah, it's ridiculous. And also, all of that was just all so that she could, you know, take rights away from people. Yeah. and, And make it easier to discriminate. Yeah, man, I'm just... I'm just tired of it. Yeah. I, I just, I can't. <laughs> oh. What is to be done in that case? I mean, send these fuckers to the moon or something. Just get rid of these assholes, these Supreme Court jabronis. Yeah, the Supreme Court, honestly. Super unconstitutional. I mean, super undemocratic. It should just, I mean, there's a spectrum of remedies for the Supreme Court. It should just be abolished. Mm-hmm. Like, it should not happen. It should not. Uh, but I mean, if we were to get, if we were to get the momentum needed to abolish the Supreme Court, we could do a lot more. We could do some cool stuff. Because we're amending the Constitution at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We could we could pass some even bigger amendments. <laughs> but honestly, that's interesting. So, thinking about the potential for a reformist way out of this, mm. right? Imagining, what if we could. Just keep amending the Constitution till we get, or do a constitutional convention, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Till we get, you know, socialism without, you know, anyone really, you know, not too many people dying and stuff. No big revolution or anything. You know, it's it's something to entertain. But if you were to do that, one of the earliest changes you would have to make is to abolish the Supreme Court because those fuckers will take you down in every step of the way if they're allowed to have any sort of power. I mean. You'd be looking at unanimous decisions to strike down any sort of social democratic reforms you can, because those "quote unquote" liberal members—I mean, they're liberal, yeah—but they're they're certainly not left. They're not going to go that far. So, if you were to somehow get your reformist wheels going, you know, do the DSA route, I guess, and just start winning elections, uh, that would have to be—you know—just giving you guys advice in case for some reason that works. Uh, <laughs> That's, that would be step one, I yeah, think. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably. Because, like, those are lifetime appointments, so you're going to have a bunch of old, angry fucks in there. Yeah, they're always going to be a reactionary force, and they have historically been, with a brief exception, in um, the civil rights era courts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what else? Okay, so the Supreme Court did the you can discriminate against mm-hmm. gay people now. Oh, I mean... Or businesses can. Let's be clear. It's... It's supposed to be, like, if it's a deeply held religious belief. There's also racist religious beliefs, you know? like That's true. The Mormon church did mm-hmm. for a long time have very racist uh, religious beliefs in there. Yeah. As part of their, whatever you call it, main yeah. tenets. 
I mean, I'm tempted. Like, I've talked about them on the show before, but, like, it, I know it's not the right answer because it's just playing into their legalistic bullshit. But, like, the the Church of Satan, like, often will talk about, like, trying to do their own lawsuits of, like, well, my religion is I like abortion and, you know, mm, like, yeah. all this stuff. So I know it's, like, I, on the one hand, like, it's kind of funny <laughs> and kind of cool. And, like, I could see it potentially working in a, in that way. But... I also just, like, don't want to play their games. I don't want to have to fucking do a little dance to earn some rights. <laughs> yeah, and that's the stupid thing about living in a liberal democracy is you just have to jump through a lot of procedure mm-hmm. to get what is your just human right as a person. Yep. Yep. That's the shitty thing about a capitalist state is it's not there to protect your rights. Not at all. It's not there for you at all. It's there to oppress you. And then, yeah, the student loans thing, that was ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I mean... We all saw it coming. So, okay. I have a few feelings about this. Because, A, the debt relief that was ordered was not was too meager in the first place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It like, had a limit on... But that's how they got our asses in line. Of, like, they just dangled that in front of young people. Mm-hmm. And... Well, they lied about it. They said, oh, it, we're going to yeah. do debt relief. And then they did that. Mm-hmm. And it was... I think most people knew. I think liberals sort of deluded themselves into thinking, oh, this will work just long term. Like when Obama did a lot of executive orders when he was in office and stuff, they were like, oh, great, look at what he did. It's like, I mean, he just ordered it. It could just, you could Be just unordered. elect a Trump and, and yeah. <laughs> it's and pretty easy. It. So <sighs> even if they hadn't been struck down by the courts, it could have just been unrolled like. In 2024, when yeah. Biden inevitably, like, you know, dies or loses. Or both. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, <laughs> As he's conceding. It was always a weak, a weak approach. Oh, totally. Totally. But that's all, that's all the Democratic Party has. Yeah. Uh, for any of you. It's just you threats. You should not be thinking about voting for them anymore. But if I'm you were. It. Yeah. Like, I don't care. You can call me all kinds of names. You can say I'm part of the problem. You can say I'm giving a vote for Trump. I don't give a fuck anymore. What are these? What have any of these assholes done for me? Lied to you? They've lied to me and done the same, if not worse, than the previous administration. So, like, eat a dick. Yeah, they're just providing <laughs> cover. Like, and I guess this gets. We really haven't talked about this in a while, and we probably had a different position back then. We were more lenient on on voting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm at the point where I'm like completely jaded. I just am like I don't see a point. I mean, there was never any point to begin with because I live in fucking Texas. Sure. But. Local elections. Maybe, maybe yeah. I could, I could, I mean, I'm bad about that too. <laughs> but I could get better about that. I could see that happening. Uh, especially like hyper local stuff, like district stuff. I, I tried to get informed on that one year and it was very interesting. I learned a lot. Yeah. I think. The, I agree. The local election is probably some of the only elections that matter anymore at this point it just it's like trying to just do some harm reduction where you live so things are a little less shitty yeah of like hey can we like you know not put up anti-homeless stuff or like you know just like trying to do some small stuff of like hey can we have a, a free food pantry in this neighborhood great cool mm-hmm. um can we you know have a decent enough school board cool probably yeah. not <laughs> school board's a big fight that i think you can actually make a difference in is that you don't you know you keep uh you know the 
baying hordes of reactionaries out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nuts. That and like local council stuff, you can make some. You're not you're not going to do socialism through that, but you can make some changes that are good in comparison to, you know, shitty stuff. But I I feel like once you get up to once you get beyond that, certainly at the presidential level, I think that's like stupid it's at this a point. Fucking sham. But even the even at the national like uh, Congress and, and Senate level, yeah, that's stupid too. It seems like now, like, on some level, I think even state legislators legislatures are just those are becoming just talking platforms for fucking reactionaries too. Well, we <laughs> living in Texas, living yes. in Texas, yes, but other places too. There, there's been some real bullshit going on. I would say maybe in Texas you can... No, it depends on where you live, maybe, because you can... There is sort of a difference in Texas politics between uh, the House and the Senate, Mm. and that the House is less rabid reactionary than the Senate is. Oh, okay. So the Senate will come out and be like, hey, we want school vouchers and everything (laughs) else. We're going to give more money to oil companies and stuff, and the House will be like, let's do half that, you know. (laughs) That's good, at least. Uh, and the House has at least some more resistance to things like vouchers. Yeah. So I guess that's just geographical. Like, if How does you, the Senate work? That's a stupid question. Like, how are they elected? Like, why would, why would the House be more chill? Uh, the Senate, the Texas Senate, I think, has different, they have bigger districts, districts or something mm, like that. Okay, so. okay. But you'll yeah. have an occasional, like, uh, you have representative from a blue area, though. Like a tinier like a blue county. Yeah, yeah, you'll have blue rep- you'll have uh, democratic representatives in like your urban areas mm-hmm. and stuff like that or increasingly less but down on the border. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how much of that boils down to electing the right person or it's just mm-hmm. like interests, you know, because like school vouchers for example, your rural republic very republican areas are still like who the hell is going to build a private school out here so mm-hmm. it still makes sense for them to be against that that's true even though they're otherwise still very reactionary people yeah so it's still not really even an argument for electing at the state level but you do have some you know more balanced i think states where it's similar to the local elections that it's like harm reduction mm-hmm. you know and you can even do some fairly progressive stuff i know in minnesota yeah they recently they passed i think it's going to go into effect next year uh, free college tuition. Oh wow! For I think you have to make under a certain amount, so it's means tested, but still, still it's something. That's a lot. Shit. Yeah. So you can still I don't know you can still do some good things at that level. Yeah. But I I would say a hundred percent though when you get up to the national level and talking about national Republican Party, national Democratic Party, those guys are idiots. Like in terms of voting, my stance now is like national level, no. Like yeah, I think it's kind of bad. To vote at that level, honestly, because you're like... You're perpetuating the myth that it's doing something. Yeah, we should have an ever-declining turnout because more and more people see it as nonsense, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's very strange to have gotten to this point, but I I am just so fed up with these professional losers. Yeah. I mean, at least if you do say... If you take the position of, yeah, but I got to vote, or I want to vote... Go for, and you know, some ridiculous other party. Like, <laughs> just can't be voting for it. the lesser of two evils nonsense of, oh, yeah. the Democrats will be wor- less worse. You know, like no, they yeah. won't. They're 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 
really bad at everything they do on yeah. purpose. <laughs> on purpose or through complete ineptitude. Truly, yeah. Like, how many times have we been guilt-tripped up to those fucking polls? Like, this is the most important election. Yeah. And it all comes down to, like, respectability politics at the end. They want they want a daddy, a nice, clean-shaven daddy in, in, in the house. And that's it. They just don't want anyone who's too mean. Mm-hmm. But it does not matter what their actually, actual policy stance is. They yeah. just want someone respectable. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... And it's, I'm just over it. It's ridiculous. I'd rather have... a true nasty garbage man who like does cool shit <laughs> <laughs> well yeah for sure oh well, yeah yeah that guy's never gonna get to that that'd be hilarious position though. you know if we had just like a really foul-mouthed socialist president hell yeah like, i'm fucking doing this <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great but yeah everything sucks everything um, sucks <laughs> affirmative action is done oh. uh God. Except for Except for legacy students, that's fine apparently. Say, that's that's affirmative action for white people. It is truly, so. truly. Like if you look at the numbers there, there's only like what, like five percent of students are black in these Ivy League colleges. Like yeah. does not at all match up with the population of black people. Meanwhile, about half their admissions are legacy and then a big chunk is donors. It's just it's fucking disgusting. Yeah. Like we want an educated public. Now I did see an article I think it was in the New York Times uh, they were looking at the numbers these people and they were mm. saying uh, most people don't go to Ivy League colleges obviously the most selective colleges in general mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. Ivies but the good m- ones most yeah most Americans <laughs> well, good is such a relative term and like I don't know I think a lot of colleges get away with bullshit because they're seen as prestigious oh for sure uh, <laughs> I think it that, becomes just money laundering. Well, it becomes money laundering, but it also becomes uh, your entry into like the network of the professional world mm-hmm. and, and that, you're that paying echelon for prestige. of people. Yeah, you're getting it's a badge a brand. that says it's yeah, very much so. And that, you know, gets you that cachet that you need to get, you know, in with the people you need to be in with for these Nepo baby jobs that you're mm-hmm. gonna get. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, but what they were saying anyway is that the very selective schools that don't admit most of who applies, right? Um, say if you're admitting 5% or 10% of your people, most Americans don't go to those schools. Yeah, So they totally. were saying kind of most Americans go to way less selective schools. Mm-hmm. And affirmative action really didn't play much of a role. Right now, certainly won't. But... Uh, wasn't involved much in the admissions process if you're allowing 70% of people who apply to your school to get in. Yeah, yeah. So they were saying kind of, this does have a big impact on the very selective schools, the Ivies and stuff, but it actually will not be a big setback to most people who didn't benefit from it in the first place. Yeah. Was their argument. And I, 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 I thought I can, that was interesting. I can understand that, but yeah. like, I still don't think the other... I think One it's bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's still bad. I think it's bad, but at least that's maybe a relief of it. <laughs> they were saying we just have to make college in reach more in reach for everybody. Yeah, yeah, like that's the actual solution. Is like everyone should have this thing. <laughs> yeah, should have, the <laughs> and ability. also not be subject to predatory loans about them. Like it's ridiculous. Well, yeah, I think it's the big problem with with uh, higher education. In the U.S. is that is 
the economic deprivation or the, just like the unfairness that we have in like it's capitalism. Uh, Truly. If, if you, it's, it's, if it weren't so bad to be a working class person in the U.S., you wouldn't shy away from it so much. So you wouldn't have a pressure to put yourself into all this debt so that you could have some sort of a theoretical way out of that. People talk a lot about trade schools and things like that, mm-hmm. but not everybody can be in that small segment of the working class that has but, those privileges. Yeah, right? yeah. You can't all be electricians and plumbers. So like service energy jobs just need to get better. They need to be able, like you should, minimum wage should actually be enough to live on. Yeah, and live comfortably. And live comfortably on. Like, not be condemned to that, basically. Because you are saying, you, as a society, we want people to do these things for us. <laughs> but we want to treat them like shit. Yeah, and, and that's, <sighs> that's I think, what the, the root of the problem. Because that, Yeah, that, everyone's scrambling to get out. Yeah. And, and that, not everyone's going to make it in the system, basically. Right. It artificially increases demand for college. Yes. And we all agree, anyone with any sense agrees that not everyone even wants to go to college much less needs to go to college. A lot of the... Okay, what I'm trying to say here with the wanting part is that a lot of the drive to, I want to go to college, is artificial. Yeah, it's fear-driven. It's not literally, I want to learn to do this because I think it's cool. Some people, yes, that's that's why. But for a lot of people, it's, I don't want to be impoverished. Yeah, absolutely. I I was reading a little bit about kind of the, the weird feedback loop that college prices got into. And, and it was, it was this huge influx of demand as it became less and less likely to like live comfortably on a non-college degree or, you know, what am I saying? Um, That's a great split in the seventies when, when yeah, minimum wage levels off and everything else, productivity still goes up. Yeah. That's when we start to. You could own a home, you could have children, like you could like have a life. Like when the boomers talk about how, oh, yeah. I bought this house you know, on just one income and all this stuff. Yeah. That, that was, yeah, that was their world. Yeah. <laughs> and even like sitcoms would show us that. Like, I mean, again, like The Simpsons, like that was a that was a house for with a guy who does not have a college degree. And like yeah. he was able to support a family on that. Like that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. So there's that big split. And then uh, governments started giving out student loans. And so they're like, oh, well, we can raise our prices more because they're going to cover it with student loans. And it just like kept exacerbating the issue to the point like the demand kept driving it up and up. And so it just became astronomical while wages have remained stagnant. I, I, I just I guess I don't think there's a fix on the educational end because people are in the way the economy is structured, the way capitalism is built. It's built on oppressing the working class. So as long as that is the case, people are always going to want to try to get out of that. You're always going to have... This huge demand. Yeah, for something that really society does not need that much of. I think it, like in a you know perfect world, yeah, it should be open for anyone. And even if you don't necessarily want to use it as a career of like, I want to learn about astronomy, so <laughs> I'm going to go take a class, you know? Yeah. Like, that would be great. It should be. I mean, yeah, honestly, we should have it free and open to anyone. Yeah. I would also want it to be encouraged, though, not just open. Because, like, I think you want an educated public so that your democracy functions. Yeah, but I also don't think you have to have a college-level education for that. Well, you'd have to have a robust enough K-12 through education, which we also don't have. Yeah. (laughs) So, what I'm saying is, I still think education is important. Everyone should be 
required to have a robust K through 12 and then encourage like, hey, this thing is out there if you want it. Yeah, I would say that. I would even argue you could adjust K through 12 to be similar to kind of European standard. I know they do it differently by different countries, mm-hmm. but this sort of like you could have like a very good K through 10 and then do like a trade school yeah. apprenticeship thing slash, uh, you know, senior high school in preparation for university. I mean, there, there's... Yeah, there's lots of ways I to do I think that, that would be probably better, but... Probably, yes. Yeah. Man, how the hell would we do any of this? <laughs> we gotta get rid of the big bad guy first. We're first, yeah. First, we have to, like, <sighs> mass unionize mm-hmm. and, and scare the capitalists and stuff. That's still assuming that we can get them to change laws to make things better, which... I don't know. That's man. a big if. That's a big fucking if. Like, I just... <laughs> I think... These people are so set in their procedure and in their respectability and in their their ways that I just don't see them giving giving it up that quickly. No, definitely not. And the only way they will is if we give them a worse alternative. <laughs> and France has a little bit of an idea on that. Yeah, crack our knuckles a little bit. Yeah. Nice, nice government building you got here. <laughs> Shame if something would have happened to it. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about that before, but that's really the only way you get any of the, you know, eras of reform in the United States or yeah. any country is when, when people, when the people ruling are class fucking mad. <laughs> yeah, and when the ruling class has a, you know, a demonstrably worse alternative that they are scared might happen. Yeah, truly. So, right well. now, we see the effects of when they're totally not scared. <laughs> Truly, just like, yeah, they don't give a shit. They're like, bitch, what you gonna do? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Stepping on us. Uh, Uh, But, you know, we do have some instances of worker power. You hear it over in uh, California. They're doing a... The hotel workers there are doing a big strike. Oh, great, great. Yeah. uh, That started Monday or maybe Sunday. I don't know. Yeah, Sunday. Uh, Bellhops, front desk agents, room attendants, cooks, servers, and dishwashers began early Sunday in Los Angeles and Orange Counties. Uh, began their strike just as summer tourism ramps up. Nice. Yeah. Uh, they're, you know, they want higher wages, improved health care benefits, higher pension contributions, less strenuous workloads. Part of Unite Here Local 11. And they're saying the negotiations aren't working basically the obviously the hotels that are in negotiations with them are accusing them and saying oh they're not doing good good faith negotiation blah 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 but that's because they're not like rolling over right they they, they came in with a low ball offer and they came in with some low ball offer they they don't don't even say what it is but they say uh, the union is not budged from its opening demand two months ago of a 40% wage increase that's all they're asking for and an over 28% increase in, so I guess 29% increase in benefit costs. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> over 28. What a weirdly over, specific yeah. number. You could have just said over 25 or over 20. Yeah. <laughs> so. 29. Yeah, it sounded better than saying 29%. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or 28.5. Uh, uh. But, but, like, that's not a lot to ask for. And, I mean, when was the last time that they got uh, a wage increase? Great you know? question. Who knows? Like, there's, I'm sure there's probably more than 40% inflation yes. since then. Yes, that's and the thing. then you also got to look forward. Like, when's the next time you're going to get these guys to the negotiating table? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, benefit costs. Everyone's health care plan sucks. Yes. So you need, you know, an improvement to that just to make it, like, usable. 
Truly, yeah. You know, most people are walking around with a three thousand, five thousand dollar deductible, something crazy like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, we've you know bitched about it before, but it's just like uh, paying a monthly subscription for something that also charges you. Yeah, you're you're paying to pay. Yeah, <laughs> which is the same thing as like a home warranty thing too. Ugh, like yes. you still have to pay to use that as well. And which, then they jerk you around for several months, and you're a fucking AC unit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bizarre. Uh, I haven't looked up the strike fund or anything for them. I don't know how long it's going to last. But we're for them. If you, you know, want to post on our socials or something. Yeah, let if, us know. If you find the information, because I really didn't do the research there. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> but just, you know, solidarity. <laughs> yeah. Anything else on your mind lately? Mm, I don't know. I was kind of thinking the other day. Um, every now and then I, I like to run the old numbers and see... Uh, I think I've not made it a secret on this podcast that I have a day job that is not something I'm particularly passionate about. <laughs> it's fine. It pays me a lot of money. But, you know, every now and then I, I like to poke around and see, like, how much longer do I need to keep this job? And I've gotten myself into that unique bind that people get into when they have, like, a pretty, you know, well, well-paying white-collar job that they're like, well, you know, if I quit, then... I'm going to have to spend more time like maintaining my house and like do I'm, I'm going to have to pick up the money from somewhere. So like all that free time that I would get from not having this job is just going to be immediately sucked up into like making sure my house is put together and like not being able to order out and like stuff like that, where like you have to start making cuts basically. You're saying you wouldn't be able to afford as much of the very convenient yes. things. Yes. You would have to do them. So your, so your leisure time would actually be, it would be housework less. and cooking yeah. and stuff time. Totally, totally. And then like, you know, thinking about having a child as well, like that's just it just feels irresponsible to consider that. So, yeah, I don't know. It just it's a weird level you get to where you're like I can feel myself chafing against something that I'm not passionate about and I want more time to like kind of what I was talking about with classes, like I want to like take ceramics and do figure drawing and like all this stuff that kind of requires a flexible schedule. And I'm like, I can't do it. Like I just, I'm not there. So I don't know. It's a very specific type of depression of just like, all right, I'm stuck in this job, man. (laughs) Do you Uh, think that if you cut loose, right, mm -hmm. you would have more control to like fine tune and be more aware of what you actually need from those conveniences? Yeah, I mean, there's that, and, like, I could do it if I really knuckled down, and, you know, it just, it becomes a really difficult balancing act of, well, okay, you know, would I be able to make enough off of, you know, book money, or would I be able to make up, would I try to get into freelance, which, like, that's a really hard game to crack into, and to get paid fairly and on time, so... That you know, a bunch of my time is going to go towards that, or increasing my book production schedule. Uh, so like, it's just it's just not feasible at this point, you know. And it's it's just it's a real bummer to have to sit with that knowledge and be like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. This one just goes out there to anyone who's stuck in a job where you need to really don't give a shit, and every now and then you have to go in person and pretend like you give a shit. Yeah. And it really sucks. Yeah. You don't have to do that a lot, though, right? No, no. Yeah. Mine, like, that you're was still, the first time I've done that in years. Yeah, so you're that still was 100%. Rad. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird a weird quandary um, 
where like you're close enough to even consider like breaking away from it, but you like realize like, oh, I, I cannot do that. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, a lot of people go through that in different ways. I mean, the most common one is just having to work to survive, even though you, you know, don't, don't like most of what you do or some mm-hmm. of it, you know, even if it's not quite as high level as like, I won't get to have certain luxuries. It's just, I wouldn't be able to eat or pay rent or something. Yeah, you know, a yeah. lot of people are in that, but like people also retirement and stuff when they get closer to that, it's like, well, if I do this, I'm cutting myself off. Right. And things will be tighter and stuff like that. Yeah. It just sucks. Cause that's, I don't know. That's part of what we're trying to free people from is the <laughs> drudgery of, that's what Marx talks about of, of turning work from drudgery to enjoyment. Yeah. And, I I think that's what I think eats at me a little because like my partner really loves his job and mm -hmm. like um, his mom went when she's she's retired now but she loved her job and like I interact with all these people who are really passionate about it and are confused whenever I'm like yeah I have a job it's a paycheck and like it's really hard to like have those conversations and and to like feel like you're not an asshole for not caring uh, about your job when it's just like I mean, there's just some jobs that, like, it's really hard to care about. Yeah. <laughs> Not everyone gets to, like, do cool shit. There's lots of them, for sure. I would say most jobs. Yeah. <laughs> and I think what frustrates me about these kinds of jobs is, is you know, kind of white-collar jobs is, like, we all know, like, we have talked about bullshit jobs so many times on this show, but, like, we all know most of us get our work done in, like, four hours. Why can't yeah. we just, like, sign off? Yeah. Why do I have to be chained to my little laptop just in case someone wants to hop on a call? Yeah. Like, I get my work done fast. That should not be a punishment for me. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so it's just annoying. It's it's just a lot of bullshit, basically. You could probably free yourself a little bit from that if you... You should be able to figure out a way to get, like, your laptop notifications and whatever Zoom-type thing you use, like, on, on your phone. phone. Well, <laughs> you have to... For my work, they're very security oriented so you have to like allow you have to download a profile thing like for your settings and i'm like i don't want that on my personal phone i don't know i just feel weird about and i also like that disconnect i guess yeah um like when i go on vacation like i have no idea what's happening at work well you could use it though to your advantage if you got yeah say another phone (laughs) a burner this is my work phone work burner and then you do all that stuff there and that way but I can go out and be like, oh, someone wants me. Yeah, and you just do the call, like, mm-hmm. wherever you're at. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm good. And then, yeah, you know, and then when you go on vacation, you're like, no, I'm not taking I'm not taking like, the, the fake phone. Screw you, yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's fine. And, like, I, it, I feel like a real asshole even complaining about it because, like, I, my job is, like, fairly cushy. You know, like, it's not a ton of work and I make good money, blah, blah, blah. But... It even I guess my point is like even those level jobs can be really like uh, atomizing and really like joyless. So oh, for sure, I think yeah. even maybe more so. I don't know. I mean, like I'm glad I don't have a physically demanding job. You know, like fucking stocking groceries or something. Like I wouldn't last a week. Okay, but stocking <laughs> groceries is doing a thing that people need done, and I think that increasingly as you go up the pay scale of jobs. It seems like <laughs> you're doing less of p- things that people actually need done. You're so right. Like, you know, it's more soulless, you know? How many times corporations hire somebody and they want to swing their big dick around, and so they're <laughs> like, I'm doing a big change-up. This is how we do this process now. And then that person leaves on a golden parachute, and the rest of us are like, well, now what? 
Yeah. No, <laughs> I, you don't have to be a high up in the corporate world. You can do that in the trenches of education. Mm-hmm. The admin will roll in with their new, their new cool ideas. Things. Yeah. We learned this at our professional development. It's a great system. It's going to make everything 100% mm-hmm. great discipline wise and all that. So everyone has to unlearn all their old shit, train on this new shit, and then that guy leaves in like a year. Yeah. And yep. then someone else comes in like, I've got yep. some new, new shit. <laughs> exactly. The only thing that keeps the wheels on is the old teachers who are always sitting in the... Now, I always thought this was weird when I was a young teacher. Mm-hmm. It's like, how are they so, like, zonked out? Like, they, they don't they don't give a fuck about this. Like, Because they know it doesn't matter. But they seem like a good teacher. I mean, they've been here a long time. Like, but why are they not paying attention? Or, you know, like, I was, was kind of like, what? Yeah. But the reason, you know, is because they've seen this shit before. Fucking tell me what I have to do and I will do the minimum of it. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, though. In education, you can, in, like, the first five minutes, be like, Oh, this is the same as whatever. Like yeah. the same as whatever previous system you were doing. So you can be like, oh, okay, well, we're doing that now. Mm-hmm. Great. You made you a new acronym out. for it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they do that all the way down to like teaching strategies. They'll yeah. re- rename those, repackage those. Sell, some consultant will sell it just to so the dumbass school districts. Totally. And, just so some guy can, can make a buck. Yeah, it's a grift. It, it's absolutely <laughs> a grift. Yeah, all that shit. So, so I guess to go back to that point i I don't you you know you're saying oh i feel kind of bad for complaining about Mm -hmm. a cushy job but i think the cushier your job is maybe the more the more alienating it is as an experience because you're more aware that like it's it's nonsense it's yeah i I think that's that's my big thing like I, i was talking through like kind of the finances and and the reasoning behind it with my partner and i was just like it's again like I recognize how nice it is but like I am not at all passionate about it and like I it feels like a waste sometimes and like I want to be doing something like if a really cool like teaching job came along like for at a university like I would jump on that even with the pay cut I'd be like yeah I'm in sure Mm -hmm. because that's at least like there's a tangible thing you're doing and I think that's what really struggles that that's a big struggle of my job is that it's also abstract and it's also just corporate nonsense that I'm like oh I can't bring myself to care about this. <laughs> yeah. And you, you feel like, but yeah, it's just, it's a real disconnect. I did have to go in person for a few days and it was really hard to put on my, I'm not a communist face for several days. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, profits. Yeah. <laughs> Love those. Yeah. It's, it's, it was completely mind numbing when I did one year in like an office job. Oh Yeah. Having to do like the morning huddles and people tell you stupid metric numbers and Ugh. you're just like, what is that? I don't care. Yeah. Or just like, oh, quarter one or these prices and all this stuff. Because it was like real estate mm-hmm. stuff. Just like, I fucking don't care yeah, about this. This is just speculation. <laughs> Even then I was just a like kind of a baby sock dem. But mm-hmm. still, it was, it probably pushed me further left. <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think a lot of people can relate. that experience of whether you know however cushy or not cushy their job is of thinking it sucks not you know not being passionate about it but also wondering if what else could i be doing yeah like like even though i had like the exact same job that i do you know working in in graphic design you know working in either tech or, or print or some sort of graphic design role at the same level if that was for you know, a good cause, a good cause. If it yeah. was like, Hey, we're doing a healthcare app for national healthcare booking. Yeah. I will get in the trenches, wireframe that shit out. I will be like number one employee. Yeah. But it just, it's, <laughs> but it's not, it's soul sucking to do that for somebody to buy 
you know, another mansion mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. because the, the actual utility of what you're doing is the end zero result. or negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, I think, one of the big freeing things of socialism, anarchism, communism, however, however we do it, is the commune's going to actually put people to work doing things that people want, like, done. Yeah. You're not going to have this horde of enemies uh, in the forms of telemarketers and, and lawyers trying to sue people and mm-hmm. all, the, all these negative jobs are just not going to be things. You know, yeah. you have so many people to hate <laughs> in the world. <laughs> like, man, if only for those jackasses making my job, my life worse, like, yeah. that won't be a thing. And you can actually, even people stuck in those jobs who it, you know, people in that situation, like, generally don't like it uh yeah we're just doing it for the same reasons everyone else is working yeah like yeah there's some weirdos who are super passionate about like business and and certain really specific sectors of business but like most of us are just there because like we want to like be able to live and like have a family (laughs) yeah and even the weird pro-business types you know that come to the meeting and are really bright-eyed about like profit reports and things like that i feel like when you talk to them about what does your company do, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Most of them, I think outside of maybe a few Die kind hearts. of psychopathic sorts, but most of them would say, would give you some sort of like a mission answer, mm-hmm. right? Which is one way you could read it is just like self-delusion. Yeah. You know? Uh, and a lot of language are like, oh, we're serving our customers. And I'm like, you're serving yourself. Yeah, why are you serving the customers? Yeah, you're not doing it for free. Just to be nice, yeah. But if they have something like, oh, we're really trying to accomplish X, Y, Z, you know, a lot of, I I think those people could kind of be saved in the human sense of of when we transition out of that. They could be equally useful in, you know, building things for people, actually. Yeah, Um, because, you know... I'll, I'll talk to people who are like well-meaning, you know, libs and stuff. They'll, you know, I'll be like, you know, this and that corporation stuff. And they're like, oh, like, but they give XYZ to a charity or whatever. Mm, yeah. um, and so, like, they recognize that, like, the base system of it sucks. But, like, here's my excuse. Yeah. Like, this is mitigating some of that evil. But, like, why have a middleman who takes That's most of thing. it from him, for himself and yeah. gives like, you a why, little bit of the scraps? Why would you determine your society based on the whims of rich people? <laughs> yeah. And you can, like, even such liberals, you could... One kind of point of entry, maybe, is to show... Because liberals, you know, facts and reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, show them the numbers. Like, here's the profit. Here's what this guy got. And then here's what he gave to charity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. That fucking Patagonia asshole uh everyone was just like you know slobbering over him for for donating x amount to climate change uh came out like a few weeks ago that they uh use like tons of sweatshop labor so it's just like yeah cool cool (laughs) company that everyone's obsessed with yeah there's no good ones guys (laughs) yeah and even the good ones just should not be in that position no even if you had a somehow perfectly ethical and and you know magnanimous guy that just gave away all of his money like what happens if that guy dies and his asshole son takes over (laughs) you know like that's just so risky and it's also that hypothetical i mean we're as as good as the supreme court here but yeah right uh, but that hypothetical magnanimous ceo or whatever would not be in the 
industry very long no. if they're truly if they're you know, truly giving away all their profits except enough to live a hermit like lifestyle well i would say if they have the profits to give away they're already bad yeah <laughs> there's no good way to do it guys no, it's not if you, if you there's look less at it, shitty ways but there's no truly pure way to do it no yeah and that's that's the liberal fallacy is that capitalism can somehow be kind of just checked into being mm-hmm. good and yeah if you take a materialist point of view if you're looking at it from the point of view of labor that's yeah uh, on its face wrong i mean you use uh a term one of our friends uses i think the ungabunga point <laughs> which means caveman in case you couldn't pick up on that syntax uh <laughs> it's asking the question of why do some of these guys have this why yeah. why does capital determine your place in our society because somebody ungabunga somebody hit them over the head with a rock and took it yep like that's immoral and we should be past that like i'm just done <laughs> yeah I i'm mean... just done <sighs> they you know that's it's that's the root of it that's, that's the root that's property it's a bad root we need to get the fuck out of here real estate that's nations mm-hmm. uh that kind of sets up the overall structure and i mean now the form is a little different because you don't literally have to mug people you just no. threaten them with slow starvation and homelessness yeah yeah and it's violence the root of capitalism is violence and yeah. i'm just not for it and that's really only to look at the domestic side that's what i was gonna say too yeah the imperialist side of it also violence we're gonna fucking overthrow your government if you don't play by these rules like thanks for making us cheap things yeah later don't try to change it or we'll assassinate anyone involved and disappear (laughs) the rest and yeah and then pat ourselves on the back yeah it's evil Mm, nasty shit and uh, we were mentioning the reformist paths or anything. I don't think those would work against such a I just yeah how, huge system. I mean, yeah, even based on our conversation last week, like you can't fight, you know, evil with nice like that. You're gonna lose. Yeah. <laughs> they are willing to crush you. If you're not willing to crush them back, I don't know how you're gonna do it, honey. Yeah, and I think the only hope for some sort of reforms in that way is maybe it's it's that strong reformist wing or whatever doing the political side but they can't be like you know we were talking about the italian communist party condemning the actions of the far left that's actually in the streets doing shit yeah like those have to work in tandem yeah you you have to you have to take both paths basically if that that's if the reformists are going to work they're like your negotiators you know Mm -hmm. You're out there with with mass action vanguard parties, uh, or shit up. yeah, or anarchist groups and, and federations and stuff. Yeah, you're you're scary. Again, that's that's gotta be scary. You gotta threaten to take it all at once, and then your reformist can say can say, hey, we'll 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 hold this back for you <laughs> if you make these huge changes. And then I mean, you have to keep the foot on the the foot on the gas, so to speak, after that. That's what I'm going to go for is Halloween is a scary communist, <laughs> but like a mass action. Like I'll have like a fake crowd behind me in cardboard. Like I'm the scary mass action. <laughs> You're going as direct action. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll have just angry people drawn in cardboard behind me. That's good. That seems like it's going to be hard to get through doorways though, but. Oh yeah. I'll have to like shuffle in sideways. Yeah. Crab walk. <laughs> yeah. 
Not that I go to Halloween parties anymore. I'm too exhausted to do that. Too old to begin too the training. Too old. <laughs> I'm not really a Halloween gay. Are there Halloween gays specifically? Like, yeah, is that a type of? Yeah, I mean, like, it's. I feel like it's well known among the queer community that like a lot of people are into Halloween. Yeah. Which is fine if that's your bag. I just, I truly, I can't stay up that late anymore. Yeah. I love giving out candy to children. That's my shit. Yeah. I don't want to have to be creative and come up with a costume. I don't want to have to stay out all night. I don't want any of that. I just want to, like, look at cute children and give them candy. <laughs> That's a good one to be into because it's over quick. It's <laughs> really easy. to stay easy. up late. <laughs> it's really easy. And, like, well, it's like last year I was stupid and I, I did it, like, the normal way, which is answering the door. And my dog was, like, not having it. So, um, I, I will go back to our way, which is hanging up our candy on a tree. <laughs> just being like, you look good. Take some candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is very fun. You just sit on the patio, get drunk. Anyway, sorry, that was a real tangent. But yeah, Halloween gays are a thing. Okay, yeah. There's also Disney gays. Very well, in, very into Disney. So this is the same, though, as straights, I guess. Uh, there's Disney straights. Yeah, there's you know, Disney adults or whatever. Mm-hmm. and people who are really into Halloween. I'm always a little suspicious of people who are really into Halloween. Me too. Me too. I'm like, you seem messy. (laughs) You might not be. You might not be. (laughs) But that's my assumption is like, you're going to go hard. Yeah. (laughs) So we were talking about elections Mm -hmm. earlier and how voting for individuals and stuff is generally more and more meaningless because the, the parties are just, we're going to make something worse or... We're going to pretend to not make something worse, but let it happen anyway. Yeah. A uh, great account to follow and to send maybe your lib friends is, let me look up the name, make sure I get it right. What radicalized you on Instagram? Mm. They will periodically just post screenshots of like, remember when they promised this? Well, here's what they did instead. <laughs> so that's a great one. Um, they have their most recent one is about, you know, Biden's campaign promises and just, you know, what a shithead he's been. So. Remember they were going to cut those checks? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, remember when I said I wasn't going to be bad on immigration? Oops. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I find that a helpful tool. I think, yeah, after, maybe it takes a while. It's slow, but you got to get disillusionment. You know? it stacks up enough that, you know, I mean, listen, every now and then we get emails from people who are just now starting this show and are like, Christine, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I was a different person. <laughs> I still believed in democracy, I guess. For what? Oh, uh, like early just, episodes? Yeah, early episodes, I was a lot more socked in. Yeah. And a lot more willing to forgive. And I'm just not there anymore. Yeah. I saw some comment that was like, that I'm a Trotskyist or something. Mm. I was like, yeah, maybe I acted more like one at the beginning. I didn't know. <laughs> and we just, we've grown, we've changed. Yeah. So that's good. That's, that's good true. Thing. You should. Uh, it's not like you should change for change's sake, but you should be willing to. Yeah. You know, yeah, as you learn except. more shit. But uh, all right. So I have this article from Business Insider. Oh, good. My um, favorite. There, should, there may be other sources and stuff, but it's about corporations. Mm, also my favorite. Specifically in Delaware, because apparently Delaware has like two corporations for, per person. Yeah. They've got a lot of like shell companies and shit, right? Yeah. They. they they basically don't have any corporate type taxes and they just give them all sorts of benefits. I remembered a question I have for you. Do you mind if I take us off this rail? Uh, I do not mind. Okay. So I was having dinner with my friend and we were talking about how like, you know, Texas is so pro-business. 
and and because she we were talking about like you know why why do certain states get that way uh, in terms of like gentrification and in terms of just like becoming these big tech bubbles and things like that and i was like well what happens is the state bends over backwards and it's like fuck me right here like corporations will do anything you will not pay taxes we will pay them for you and that kind of stuff and she's like well how does that happen like who who is is that like the chamber of commerce or like the city commissioner and i didn't have any answers i was like i don't know just the entity <laughs> yeah um so who decides to sell out of state to businesses yeah basically or a town i guess if it's a city but so it depends um on the situation but generally it's the political party in control yeah like whatever the ruling party is they're you know they're either going to be pro or anti a business broadly or specific sectors of businesses so you can say certain like very progressive left you know as as left as they come democrats maybe would be generally less favorable to businesses in general but everyone else is but maybe I, I don't know i would say that they even if you had a very you know progressive for democrat state they would still be sort of pro like tech sector and stuff like they yeah. choose their own you know and that's based on interest groups i mean that's based on like who's paying for their campaigns who uh they are themselves invested in a good example is in texas with the uh with the gas the oil and natural gas industry mm. i saw this article that was talking about how many uh, tons of gas that they burned off they just vented flared it uh what because of the high temperatures we're going through that heat wave yeah it built up pressure and stuff and they kind of had to for the safety of the of this obviously very unsafe system that they built that they have to just plume up jesus um, that cannot be good more than five hundred thousand pounds of toxins into the air oh uh, over a week yeah uh, and so i was looking at this like why why was that happening uh, there's something called the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality that's in charge of kind of getting these guys mm -hmm. when they're breaking these rules and stuff and doing that and just venting off emissions of of crappy stuff that you don't want to be breathing. Let me guess. The guy who's in that position got elected by, like, oil companies and gas companies? Or yeah, got his campaign paid for by It's them? a captured uh, regulatory body. So mm. this happens in... in at the federal level, this happens at the state level. But when your regulatory agencies in charge of regulating various businesses are funded by... Those businesses. Funded by those businesses <laughs> when the person who's in charge leaves to go take a leading role in those businesses mm -hmm. or came from those businesses in the first place. It's just a fucking... What's the metaphor? Like... The... Fox guarding the hen house. That's the one. I was like, <laughs> wolf, sheep. I couldn't get there. Yeah. Uh, that happens, uh, like we said, through multiple levels of government. It happens all over the place. It's called regulatory capture. Even your liberal friends will probably be against that. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. it's just like bad government. I yeah. Mean, it's just corruption, essentially. Yeah. But they were saying that that's what's the case in Texas. So. Yeah. I mean, is our railroad commissioner kind of similar? Oh, yeah. The railroad yeah. commissioner always comes, has deep connections with the oil industry because... He might as well just be the oil guy. <laughs> yeah. They don't do it. They do railroads too, but like the big thing is oil. Yeah. And so they uh, either come from or are going to that industry. They're super friendly with it. And that's one big way. Yeah. Uh, it's also 
like we were saying, it's it's the what are the financial connections with the people in in charge? Like where do they get their money to be yeah. the elites to where they could be elected to political office because you never see working class people nope because that's just how a capitalist government is structured uh so it's that you know um basically the answer there is again capitalism (laughs) that's that's the driving force if you have a government of the bourgeoisie for the bourgeoisie then this is what you're going to get becoming increasingly not just the bourgeoisie but just for the ruling like for the upper class in general yeah because like if you think about it like who has time and money to run for local, even local elections? Like, yeah. if I wanted to run, like, what am I going to do? Quit my job? And what am I going to do? Like, how, how am I going to pay for all my signs? How am I going to do this? Like, what? that requires money. The answer is either be independently wealthy, which means you're a yeah. capitalist. Or bend over backwards. And, and take whoever's money and do what they want you to do. Yeah. So, not a good system, guys. No, I think, yeah, I think I'm anti. People will say this is... Just the uh, way it is. This is, you know, yeah, it's it's trading or it, it's kind of like deal making or mm-hmm. it's influence. I mean, the Supreme Court will say it's just free speech because <laughs> that's that's how you exercise Money free speech. speech. But in some ways, they're kind of right it, based on the values of capitalism. Of this society, yeah. I mean, if that's what we're concerned with is who makes the most, you know, who gets the most capital, who has the most power, then... Based on their own values, yeah, kind of money is speech, you know? Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't be. It's it just is. a little bit mask off is all. But yeah, regulatory capture, that's that's one that I think kind of gets, uh, that would be on your, what radicalized me mm. part is the extent to which, because you see it in pharmaceuticals, you see it in, Ugh, in the yeah. FDA, uh, CDC. the EPA, every, yeah, every, every everything agency. you can think of, they are essentially regulatorily captured. Yeah. It's fucked. It is. It's some people would just call that bribery, but I know. We have right? fancy different ways of, you know, <laughs> bribery with extra steps. Mhm. <laughs> Ugh, nasty. Yeah. Uh in Delaware the thing I was going to bring up is oh, yeah. they had a city there that is going is proposing to give corporations the right to vote. <laughs> no. Nice. So your boss would get to go to the polls twice, I guess. And <laughs> Vote once as your boss and once as your company. That is bonkers. Yeah. Apparently some places already do this. What? Uh, Who? Uh, They mentioned that that other towns in Delaware have actually already given businesses the right to vote. It was kind of funny, though. They said it wasn't great. Uh, In places outside of Seaford, Delaware is where they're talking about it. Similar laws have been approved. It hasn't always gone smoothly. In Newark, Delaware, one property manager in charge of several LLCs voted 31 times in a single election, (laughs) forcing the town to revise the law. Wow. That is just nasty. The real voter fraud. Yeah. I mean, okay. So quick book recommendation. Uh, I recently read uh, more from Octavia Butler, The Parable of the Sower and Parable of the Talents. You want some great, like, dystopian fiction, but not so far removed that it's, like, completely sci-fi. This is, like, very foreseeable stuff of just, like, oh, yeah, like, company towns came back, which they are, and, like, child Mm -hmm. labor came back, which they are, and just, like, extrapolates on that. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. real depressing, but it's also really good. So, yeah, recommend. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> that's like that's what it made me think of is like that's some shit that like I've been reading about. Yeah, <laughs> they would totally do that. They're a small town. It looks like eighty five hundred people. Jesus, that's a small town. They only had three hundred forty people vote in the last election. But now, so they're saying let's up that. Wow. Their mayor. Not by making it easier to vote or giving them time off for that. Any of those actual reasonable things. No. 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 That's that's communist talk there. <laughs> no, we want to just give businesses the right to vote. The mayor said, uh, you know, basically this is going to get people to get businesses to, well, I said the same thing, people and businesses. But, yeah, those are apparently uh, the same thing, though. <laughs> get them to move to the area and create Jesus. jobs, of course. That's so fucked. Uh, yeah, he says, trying to attract our community. We're asking them to invest and to hire. Why wouldn't we want to give them a right to vote? God. I find it hard to believe. Who wouldn't want that to happen? Uh, it's hilarious. I, I can think of a few people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that sort of thing, I guess, if you're writing a dystopian novel, you should include. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. Ugh, nasty. All right. Kind of a downer one, guys, but what do you expect? We're living in some weird times. Yeah, at least there's a union out there on strike. So yeah, I like that one. Hopefully they get what they want. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> one good story. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, I guess the French government is cowed a little bit. Yes. But Next week. Next week, what are we doing? We are going to be talking about the musical Town, which I had the pleasure of seeing on my last trip to Chicago. Saw the touring production, and it was lovely. And I found myself like, surprised at some of the content of like this is like pretty pro worker and pretty anti-capitalist and pretty pro environment all right so i was surprised just because you know the audience of broadway shows usually aren't those things yeah <laughs> so yeah uh it was a great time if you're like i don't know if i'm on board let me just tell you it is a retelling of the myth of orpheus and eurydice but it has a lot to say about about lots of uh, what I would call leftist issues. So the music is great too. It has kind of like a southern jazz flair, which I love. All right. I don't know. Just it's really well done. I'm a fan. Cool. I'm not big into musicals. <laughs> that is to say, I like like three musicals. I getcha. <laughs> and I I like them, but I'm never like going to them. Like oh, mm-hmm. I want to really list jam out to Les Mis or whatever. Yeah. I like it when, you know, Abby wants to, and I'm like, oh, this is cool, yeah. But <laughs> but that uh, Southern jazz aspect, that's kind of interesting. It's got some sweet trombone solos. Oh, dope. I love it. Trombone is one of the best instruments. It's good. And also you get to call it a bone, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, so we'll be there, back with that next week. Cool. Uh, see you then. Alrighty. Bye. Bye. Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts, or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to 
are notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up and coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So ain't going to line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Tee Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.